Welcome back to Scarlet and Maze. I'm Adam. That's Zach. Uh, hey. We'll start out with the more boring of the two games this week. Michigan 31, Indiana 10. Uh, so Michigan dropped from four to five in the polls because of this game, which is funny because Clemson, who swapped spots with them, basically played the exact same game on Saturday. The only difference is are that Michigan was tied 10-10 at halftime instead of being up 10-3 like Clemson. They gave up, like Michigan gave up one more touchdown. That's honestly literally the only score of, or the only difference of the game. Uh, but Michigan outgained their opponent by 247 yards compared to Clemson outgaining Boston College by 110 yards. One other difference is that this isn't the first time Clemson had a crappy first half against a crappy team they were beating now two and three louisiana tech 13 to six at halftime spartan fans maybe zach is uh probably quick to jump on michigan only being up against maryland by four at halftime but uh that's probably only because michigan state's only hope for a moment of joy this season is in hoping that michigan's not legit and that they get exposed or something or that zach just hates michigan but Maryland is about to be four and two heading into games against Indiana and Northwestern about to be six and two. Uh, I'm not saying they're like super good. I do think they're improved over what Maryland normally is. I also think they're better than friggin' uh, uh, Louisiana tech, like right. whatever. Um, but I also don't really care at this point. There are a lot of games left. Second biggest of which is this Saturday. It's just, interesting like win and it doesn't matter so uh right. yes michigan struggled in the first half after mike hart had a freaking seizure in front of everybody uh also i honestly think indiana seriously knew what was coming pre-snap especially in the first half it really seemed like on passing plays indiana had two high safeties and on running plays indiana would shift sometimes last second to one or no high safeties uh, but really, I think what it comes down to is Michigan wanted to just run through the game, kind of like I had talked about, I thought they would do, but it wasn't working because Indiana was selling out. I don't know if there were some tells in what Michigan was running that they knew what to expect or what, but Michigan was like, well, we're, we're just going to win and get out of here. Uh, but it wasn't until, uh, the second half, they opened up the playbook, outscored them 21 nothing in the second half, and it was fine. Just a few stats. Uh, Michigan has 22 sacks through six games. That is eight more than last year through six games. So Hutchinson and Ojabo are uh, obviously awesome, and they would love to have them back on this team, but they're still getting sacks. Michigan held Indiana to 29 yards in the second half, Outgained Indiana 263 to 29 in the second half. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Michigan's first five games, they had 14 penalties for 135 total yards. On Saturday, they had 10 penalties for 85 yards. The refs were just awful. I'm not saying it went one way. I'm not saying uh I'm not saying that it was intentional. The refs were just bad on both sides. Um, can we, can we just friggin' do something about these refs? It's bad when the announcers are talking, ah, this isn't the best game for these refs. They're like, oh, they are struggling. 
Um, last thing, JJ McCarthy threw his first interception of the season and then went 10 for 10 the rest of the game with two touchdowns. So that's a good way to respond, <clears throat> even against a defense that's not super good. Yeah. What do you guys act? Uh, just like a, it's, it was Indiana's homecoming and they came out and they were ready to ball and Michigan figured it out at halftime. And like you said, they outgained them, whatever you said, the stats, they outgained them big time and beat them 21 to nothing in the second half. So yeah, I think, the, yeah. One of the drives, I, mean, I should have looked up the time. One of the drives, Michigan took like seven, eight minutes off the clock. It seemed like it was yeah. close to that. Um Indiana is also almost like the Purdue or Ohio State. Like Indiana plays Michigan close when they shouldn't. They like always have not yeah. every game, but just historically they give Michigan good games. Yeah. Michigan usually wins. But this is like they it was one half and then couldn't hardly get a first down in the second half. So whatever. Uh Ohio State 49, Michigan State 20. Yeah. What? Not, I'm surprised they scored 20. Well, I mean, it would improve defense. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, Michigan State is the first time they scored over 17 points against Ohio State since 2014. Is it but the first they time they scored more than 17 this year? And it happened again? No, it wasn't. no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, one of their touchdowns was against the bench, and the, the touchdown was a pick six. And the other touchdown, everybody knew where the ball was going, and somehow Ohio State still didn't stop it. I think um, on that play, you really saw what Ohio State's big, like their biggest weakness. That's not really saying much because um, there have been some plays throughout the season that the defensive backs, more really the cornerbacks, have been exposed on. Um, but it's really only a few a few plays a game and. It's something that Ryan Day has addressed and stuff. Like the players are in the right spot. They're just not getting their head around. And it either turns into a big gain or a pass interference. And so that's something they gotta figure out. That the one touchdown, like I was like, Jaden Reed's he's on he's on an island. Like it's a they're gonna go to him and they do a back shoulder fade and he just made a great play and caught the it ball. It was a great catch. It was a great catch. And I mean, the it was no was Marvison in, Harrison Marvin Harrison Jr. catch. Right, like he was doing them all game, and it was it was an amazing, amazing catch. Jaden Reed's really good. I don't yeah, know. he's legit. He should transfer to Ohio State. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but the DB was in good position. He just yeah. didn't turn around. All he had to do was turn around, and he could have picked the ball off, made a play on the ball. It was a really under throwing ball too that Reed just made a great play on. Um, I couldn't believe it. Was it the second or third uh, Harrison touchdown? He like jumped but caught it at his ankles. It was the third. Yeah. I, I just loved his reaction. <laughs> like he makes this incredible catch and then he's like Yeah. I was I was at the game. I was sitting in the opposite end zone and based on his reaction, I thought he didn't catch the ball. <laughs> I was like, dang, he didn't catch the ball. Then I saw the ref put his hands up and I was like, huh? He was just so then I had to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, he had three touchdowns that game. In the past seven games, dating back to the Rose Bowl, he has three hat tricks. Yeah, it's crazy. In, in seven games, he has three hat tricks. That's incredible. Which, um, like, I, I don't mean to keep harping on it. It's weird to me that in the Notre Dame game, 
like they lose Jackson Smith and Jigba and they go, we, we game planned around him. Like how, how could you not just slide this dude in and do yeah. the same thing? Well, the thing I is, I don't get it. That's the thing. Like Emeka Ibuka is that good too. Like, I feel like you yeah. could have slid him in. Yeah. I don't know. Just maybe, maybe they weren't ready. Maybe they, um, I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, um go ahead. Go Going back to um, the pass defense being the weakness, like all that being said, it only really happens at the most like three times a game where they'll get beat like that. And they have the number eight pass defense in the country. And this was the first time that they let a team throw for better than 60% against them all season. And they threw for 60.7%. So barely over 60%. It's because it was your boy Peyton Thorne. Yeah. It was funny because I was like, I did the math for both of them combined. And then I was like, I wonder if one skewed it one way or the other. And like, uh, uh, Noah Kim was six of 10. So it, Noah Kim actually brought him down barely. But Dang. yeah, Take that Robbie. Yeah. Notorious Noah Kim supporter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, I mean, Ohio State outgained them three to one, a little bit yeah. more than three to one. Well, before um, the backups went in, before yeah, before the backups went in, they had like 108 total yards, and they finished with over 200. So I mean, once that came then. Af- after the game, they asked uh, Mel Tucker about changes. Like some schools fired coordinators this week. Mel Tucker doubled down on Scotty Hazelton and said, "Yeah, we are not making changes." I think that's amazing. As a Michigan yeah. fan, let's go. Um, one of the stat that just jumped out to me was Mike Hall only played seven snaps. I don't know if he's just like they were only playing him a few snaps because he has some lingering injury, or if I don't like I don't know why he only played seven snaps. But in those seven snaps, he had two and a half sacks. Dang, that's ridiculous. That's a good uh, percentage there. Yeah, shoot. And I'm sure a few of those plays were runs too. Like maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of the Notre Dame game, that was the one game that, like, after it, I was thinking, like, maybe, maybe it'll take a little bit for those receivers to, like, like get to the point where Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave were. But like, it really did. It was the second game that they really jumped in there. Then Julian Fleming came back, and those three guys, Emeka Ibuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Mar- and uh. Julian Fleming have been balling out. Like like I said, three hat tricks in the past seven games for Marvin Harrison Jr. And he leads FBS in uh, receiving touchdowns. Emeka Ibuka is top 10 receiving yards. And Julian Fleming's right behind them. He has five touchdowns in only four games this year. So those guys are really balling out, even with Jackson Smith and Jigba out. What, what I, don't, is, I don't know if I have missed something, but what's the deal with him? Is like Is he coming back or what? It's a hamstring, and it sounds like he's been close the last few weeks, but they don't want to rush it back is what I'm hearing. It sounds like Michigan's starting linebacker, Nikai Hill-Green. Yeah. They kept saying, oh, he's out, and it's a hamstring, and they keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. But well, so it, kind of thing. They can be hamstrings, tricky. Hamstrings like something you want to be cautious about because you can tweak yeah. it to make it worse again easily if you're not fully recovered. Right. But, yeah, so, I mean, there's no reason to rush him back. 
They play I. They have a bye week this week, and then they play Iowa. They don't need them for that game. Then they play Penn State. Then you might want them for that game. But even still, speaking of Iowa, they really cost me because I bet on them for our picks. Uh, and <laughs> shock of all shocks, they blew the game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it would have been so good if they won on that scoop and score from eighty whatever yards. But yeah. Nope. So we each got six wins because I got the bonus. I was closer on the Kansas loss. Yeah. Uh, but now you're just straight three games ahead. Again, 54 to 13 is you. 51 and 16 is me. I still I'm I I still have some time, but I'm running out of like we're getting we're getting down there and I'm not making up any ground. So that's stupid. Yeah. Um Hey, we're only halfway-ish through the season. Not even. Yeah, there's just fewer games now that the uh, out of conference is on. That's fair. But yeah, that's also that those games. It's not like there were many upsets there. Uh, yeah. Big Ten takeaways. So Michigan State ran the ball twenty times. Do you know how many yards? Seven. Twenty <laughs> times for seven yards. They've they had- now lost four straight games. Three of the four teams, Ohio State being the fourth, have since gone one and four. Ohio State is avoiding the curse by playing nobody this week. <laughs> that that had to be intentional. I don't know. Boom. But, yeah. Man, pretty um, crazy. They had negative eight rushing yards, I believe, going into the fourth quarter. That's crazy. Bang. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have any Big Ten takeaways? I, I don't. Like there wasn't really much takeaway from this week. This week, other than maybe like Michigan looks human again against a a team that's not a cupcake team. Rapid fire turnpile picks. Uh, there are only a few this week. Yeah, crazy. Maryland at Indiana. Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. Favored by eleven. Indiana sucks. Wisconsin favored by seven and a half at Michigan State. Wisconsin. I've got Spartans here. Do you really? Yeah, why not? Let's go. Well, why not is because they look how they look. Wisconsin <laughs> looks rejuvenated with an actual head coach. I mean, they played Northwestern, but they did. But they they looked like they wouldn't have, it seems like, under Paul Christ. <laughs> I don't know. Uh Nebraska at Purdue. Purdue. Purdue this spread is right. 13, 13 and, and a half. half. I got Nebraska. Do you really? Yeah. All right. Purdue. It's not, we're not betting against the spread. No, I know. Oh my gosh. Let's go. I'm going to catch up this week. Uh, <laughs> onto the varsity games, which somehow include Illinois, Minnesota at Illinois. This is, this is a huge game. Yeah. For the, I mean, these are the two favorites right now, right? Yeah. For the West. Who do you got? Minnesota. I got Minnesota too, but I think it's close. For what it's worth. Uh, yeah. I I kept going back and forth, and I was like, I can't I can't bet on Bielema. I just can't do it. I, I, you know, he went to Iowa. I bet on Iowa last week and lost. I can't. I can't do it again. Uh, Penn State <laughs> at Michigan. Who do you got? I got Michigan. I, yeah, I think I, they're, they're at home. Penn State's back to where they were pre-COVID, but – the Michigan's better than they were pre-COVID, so 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So in Ann Arbor, between James Franklin and Jim Harbaugh, Michigan is two and one, with the one only being a 10 point win in Michigan's terrible COVID year, like when Michigan was horrible and had Joe Milton at quarterback. They actually had Cade McNamara uh, start in the Penn State game, and he got hurt in the Penn State game. Michigan only lost by 10. But the other two, the two of the two and one, uh, Michigan dominated to the point of a combined 91 to 17. So at home under Harbaugh, they dominated two of the three, the third being the weird COVID year. Uh, This is not that. So I'm not expecting a blowout like that, but I do think Michigan wins by multiple scores. At least I hope. I don't know. Eric all is not playing. He's the one that scored the game winning touchdown last year for Michigan. Other tight ends are good. They're not as athletic or fast. So it seems like at least, so we'll see, but Michigan game of the week had to be Alabama at Tennessee. Alabama's favored by seven and a half, which as far as I know, Bryce Young is still not playing. I'm I'm, I think they're leaning towards he will play. Like there's no way he misses this game. This is their biggest regular season game by far. And if he's close, he'll play. Man alive. What if he plays and gets hurt? I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's a, they, they have looked not ideal for them. Uh, who do you got? I think Hendon Hooker proves that he's the best quarterback in the SEC. I got Rocky Top on top, 48 to 44. It's a big, big score game. 44. Dang. So you got yeah. Tennessee by four. I have Tennessee by three, 27 24. Uh, I, I'm hoping Bryce Young doesn't play because if he does, it'll probably be higher scoring. I think uh, I'm yeah. just still, I'm like hesitating on Tennessee the same way I would hesitate on a Big Ten West team. Like they're it's not that they're bad, uh, they just haven't been good in so long that I'm nervous to. to <laughs> Hendon Hooker, I mean, I'm, I'm picking them, but uh, I think. Yeah. I think it'll be high scoring either way, whether Bryce Young plays or not, just because Tennessee's defense is so suspect. That's a good point. Uh, but Alabama could have lost. They should have probably lost uh, t- to your boy, Quinn Ewers. They should have lost last week if Jimbo Fisher had a brain. <laughs> I, I feel like they, they gave up getting away. They gave up. That was that. That was at Alabama, wasn't it? Yeah. They gave up 20 points. To a team at home that only put up 14 at home against Appalachian State or 17, 14 or 17. They put up yeah, more yeah. points on Bama at the, on the road than they put at home against Appalachian State. That's insane. Yeah. That that doesn't have to do with Bryce Young. Uh, Adam says it's insane, and Adam knows a lot about Appalachian State. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but things no one is talking about. People are talking about it. I just don't care. A&M's last play call against Alabama. So you have one play left. You're on the the right hash and you throw a, you throw a fade to the short side one yard line. What are we doing? That is the dumbest thing. I hate Jimbo Fisher. I didn't care about him before. They might as well you, have kicked a field goal. Yeah. It was like even if you catch the ball you're not scoring. It's like what are you doing? It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, things no one are talk, is talking about. What do you got? Xavier Johnson 
lined up at running back in the first half against Michigan State. And I was just like so confused because this was before Dalen Hayden even came in, which with Mayan Williams, I expected him to get some snaps in the first half, but he really didn't get them until until the backups were in. And Xavier Johnson got snaps at running back for him. So walk-on wide receiver, special teams player for most of his career. He's he's has two one touchdown catch in his career as a walk-on wide receiver. He ran for more yards than Michigan State did on Saturday on three <laughs> carries. What a great stat. Nobody's talking about that. He ran yeah. for 23 yards on three carries. I was like, this dude could play running back. Dang. At least he could for Michigan State. Uh, <laughs> tweet, of the, tweet of the week. Mine's from at MGO Humor. Fun fact, Michigan and Penn State are meeting as unbeaten teams for the first time since, guess when, Zach? 1997. 1997. I liked 1997. He says, hashtag, go blue. Michigan's last football national championship? Who 1997. Knows? Half one. Who knows? Who knows? I, man, <laughs> especially like seeing where Scott Frost is now, it's too bad they didn't play. It's too bad it wasn't one year later. The BCS started a year earlier. Oh, yeah. Man. Nebraska to one. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Just like I'll Scott Frost would have won the Heisman. Oh, wait. He didn't. Charles Woodson did. Wasn't, wasn't, he wasn't even second, wasn't he? No. Peyton Manning was, was second. I was going to say that was Peyton Manning, right? Dang. Yeah. Pretty crazy. What's your tweet of the week, Zach? My tweet of the week is from at Dubsco. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. has more touchdowns this season, nine, than the whole Iowa offense, seven. Dang. I I would bet that the year finishes the same way. Yeah. Not the same number, but the same way. Yeah. Today, Brian Ferentz, today is Wednesday. Brian Ferentz told the media that he will never resign. So why, why, why would he resign? I, uh, it's funny that they were asking, <laughs> <laughs> but he actually did. They were like asking if he would ever resign. He said, no, which is his dad ever going to fire him? Probably not. So it's going to take firing Kirk Ferentz to get rid of Brian Ferentz. Just too bad. Cause their defense has been good, but whatever. Yeah, man. Scott Frost is available. Maybe uh, maybe he'll get fired when when Ohio State beats him seventy to nothing. Maybe. Time will tell. But mm-hmm. <laughs> until next time, uh, like, follow, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, go blue. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> <laughs>